What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and Katie. And today we have a very special guest back with us again, Haven. Everybody give it up for Haven. All right, Haven, can you uh, introduce yourself and uh, we'll get right into it. Well, hi. Um, I'm everyone's resident old degenerate uh, Haven. Sometimes I do YouTube videos. Sometimes I do a podcast. Sometimes I write a graphic novel. And then sometimes I just fuck off for months on end and then nobody <laughs> sees or hears from me. But that's basically what I do. All right, Haven. <laughs> Give up again. <laughs> yes, we will put uh, her description in our, uh, her links in our description box. Um, today we're going to have a discussion. We're going to talk about some things. I wrote some things down and I want to know y'all's uh, opinion on this tape that I, um, discovered, uh, this week or that I thought of. Okay. <clears throat> it's what, what do you call those things like in, uh, elementary school when it's like, this is to this as this is to this. What, what, what are those called? Anom um, analogies. No. Analogies. No. I mean, I knew that, but Gabby I got it first. Katie got it first. All right. So this is my analogy. Okay. Communism is to Christianity. I don't even know if this is the way that it should go, but communism is like Christianity now in that, Karl Marx is Jesus. Uh, the the works and the writings of Marx and Lenin and Engels is become the Bible, and now you have people that only talk in uh, quotes and they use it like a Christian would do scriptures. Have you ever had somebody that like was super religious and they can't even like talk without like bringing up a Bible verse? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of become the space that I'm starting to see and on Twitter and, like, on YouTube and stuff like that. It's kind of becoming a dogmatic thing to me. What, what do y'all think about this current state of leftism? You can go, go first, first Um, I think that we are slowly – well, not slowly – but we're coming up to seeing how leftists are commercializing the the movement. Um, I think we talked about this couple like a couple months ago when the insurrection happened, and we were all talking about Jimmy Dore and all of them. And you know, these are people who are making some of them making millions of dollars, some of them making thousands of dollars, and for whatever, I mean, I guess for social media age, everything has an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So not everybody expects you to fall into the right uniform, not just in look, but in rhetoric mm -hmm. and in opinion, even if the shit doesn't make any sense. Like, even if it doesn't really match what, um, what would actually be a leftist or Marxist idea or ideology, it needs to be lockstep with the character in the mind of all these white leftists. Mm -hmm. And let's be clear, it's white leftists yeah, yeah, yeah. doing this. Yeah. So it's them having a box frame form of what a leftist is and what there should be and supposed to be. But these are also people who don't do any reading. They barely read Marx, though they want you to be a reincarnation of him. Mm -hmm. And they don't read any type of anti-capitalist, socialist um, um, books or literature that's outside of Marx. You know, there's right. a lot of literature that's out there that might not necessarily completely gel with their, you know, we're going to still protect white whiteness in the left movement type idea of what Marxism is. Right. It always seems that we ruin their party when we don't, you know, goose step in the way that they want us to. I agree. What you what do you think, Katie? I I agree. I agree one hundred percent with uh, you, Gabby. I definitely feel like um, white leftists who probably grew up in the South, who are literal uh, parents are rich and they grew up Christian, they are now rejecting that thought. When in actuality, they, well, they think they're rejecting that thought. When in actuality, what they're doing is, is they're just replacing Christianity with, uh, with the Bible of capitalism. 
of communism. Or ca- communism, yeah, my bad. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> Replacing that with the Bible of communism. I mean, whenever I go on Twitter, or, or not even just Twitter, but if I even if I go on like Reddit, communists, if I go on Twitter, if I go on literally anywhere that communists are talking, whether it's on social media, or even like in real life where it's not online, you will always have like a group of white men, rich white men who have never struggled a day in their lives, who are talking... Um, not like their normal selves. I feel like they start talking like they talk differently once they started reading like even half of Marx. They'll start using like all these uh, big, huge, gigantic words to make themselves seem more eloquent and all this other. It, and it, it's rooted in uh, elitism, I feel like. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's cringy. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. And, and I, I agree with that too. And I think my whole thing about it is the problems that we have with religion aren't just in the fact that, okay, obviously the book, a lot of y'all's books are oppressive. But um, I feel like, you know, there can be uh, liberation theology or whatever. The problem is when you're in a group or you have a belief system that starts to take away your critical thinking. And I feel like, with some people, not everybody, obviously, it's majority not black. It's a lot of white people. You have people that can't make a critical thought or analysis without quoting Karl Marx. And then, like you said, they're not reading anything different. So they're not reading any black um, anti-capitalist. They're not reading anything by other marginalized identities, people from other countries. So they're very stuck in that way. So when you bring something up that they have not read, like uh, the black and white working class are not exactly the same, well, y'all can actually be oppressors. They don't know what to do with that information because they can't pull that up in a Karl Marx book. And so... That's, I feel like that can be a problem. Like, they did not talk about racial disparities. They didn't talk about racial issues. They didn't talk about feminist issues. They didn't talk about any of that. And so, um, these white men who... Mal wasn't white, though. Huh? Mal wasn't white. No, Mal wasn't white, no. But he didn't talk about that type of stuff. He did, it just didn't. Like, if you go through what he talks about in his, uh, his little books that they have on, uh, what is it, communist.org or something like that, you can basically look on there, and he literally says nothing about that. And so I think it's important that whenever we are talking about leftist books and leftist theorists and blah, 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 we're, we're basically saying that, hey, if you're not out here reading books by black women, if you're not out here reading books by queer people, if you're not reading books by queer black people, if you're not reading studies in regards to that, what you have to say about certain things literally means nothing. And even if, even if you are reading and you don't have that experience, I don't think you really should be talking on it anyway. Interesting. Well, <clears throat> if I'm honest, I think that a lot of it boils down to when you're meeting these people. A lot of them are, I mean, it's, it's the same thing when you join any gang. And I feel like I'm seeing something that's a lot it's very, very similar to what happened in the atheist online community very mm-hmm. early on. I was heavy into that. And there was this shift where every per you knew, you knew the person was into like Richard Dawkins versus Christopher Hitchens because they would regurgitate the exact same thing these people were would say in a debate. Right. You know, like if it was cool enough, they would be like, oh, this is what I want to say. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing that with leftists as well, where it goes to what you were saying as far as them, like you changing their lexicon, changing how they talk to match. Mm-hmm. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people call me comrade and shit. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't like it. Like I'm not <laughs> Russian. I am a whole ass nigga. Can you stop? <laughs> Do not call me comrade. My nigga, my name is not Svetlana. It's Haven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do that. But it's like everybody has to fit this mold. And yeah. if you really think about it, the mold doesn't even match the people. Like, it's, it's not necessarily Marx that they're 
that they're regurgitating because Marx does make comment on the colonized versus the colonizers. He makes that distinction. He talks, he doesn't go as in depth as you would want somebody to, but this is a white man, you know, in back in the daytime. So, but he does address that, but they don't see that. They don't see the actual Marx that they're reading. Just like people don't actually see or understand the literal Jesus that they want to follow. Right. Where it's like, you know, Jesus said X, Y, and Z, and you're doing A, B, C. That's not, that doesn't work. They don't see that. They see the the icon that they have in their head. Mm -hmm. And like any other faction or gang or group that you want to affiliate yourself with, you have to be really careful about idolizing and turning these individuals into icons because everything around them has to match what these people did. You can never build on a statue. You know what I'm saying? And I think with the control of white leftists or the control that white leftists have over so much of our conversation, most of the fight for us is just injecting our side of Marxism or Leninism or socialism. Like there are black people who have taken what these, these great leaders have done and built on it, molded it, made it fit. You would think that leftists would want to incorporate that, Mm -hmm. whatever that you've done to make this better and make it expand to more people. That's what we want, right? Because power to the people. Exactly. But when you have this idea of someone being an idol or when you make someone an icon and they become they're they're idols they're idolized so they're untouchable they're infallible Mm -hmm. you can't change what they've said and you can't say what they've said is wrong Mm -hmm. and that's where i think the problem is is that a lot of white leftists who want to be mini marxists and linens and grow beards and all this other shit (laughs) <laughs> what they do is they su- they suppress everyone else from being able to enhance and grow this ideology. Right. Like no ideology is perfect. Mm-hmm. If it's a good one, then it will mold and change as we as humans change. Right. So when you have these guys that don't allow that, then then you have a serious problem. And then they magically think that it's a surprise that all of these people are mad at them. But it's like, yo, you've been controlling the conversation. You've been controlling the message this entire time, despite us yelling at you that we have a voice in this as well. And now you're surprised. Now that we want, now that when we're saying, let's get those motherfuckers and you turn around and it's not just the rich people we're talking about. It's like, you shouldn't be surprised by that, man. Like you're not included. I think it just has to do with white people thinking that they're just the default and the authoritative authoritarian on all any information ever like it starts with me now y'all will address y'all's little stuff whenever but we're gonna start here which i mean we can get into that conversation of you know all the pushback no name gap this week but before we get to that i want to talk about this whole revolution talk that um we tend to see on twitter and Okay, so there was this girl. I think we talked about it yes uh, last episode. She was like saying how everybody's posting the cash apps, but nobody wants to organize a revolution. And for myself, I know that sometimes I can get sucked into social media, and I can just be like, "Wow, like everybody my age is a communist. Communism is really on the the go up." And then I have to remember, I go to work. I talk to some of my coworkers. I talk to some of my family members. They don't even know what communism is. They can't even tell you the difference between communism and just like a monarchy. You know what I'm saying? So how in the world can we, <laughs> like there's so much more to do. Why do you think people are like saying like we need to organize a revolution? Like they're talking about like next month. <laughs> Why do you think people are like so uh obsessed with this revolution talk when literally if we tried to do something tomorrow it would last all of five minutes what what do you think (laughs) katie 
Uh, okay, so this reminds me of what we were watching last night. Uh, was it non-compete? Is that what it was on? Okay, it was non-compete. It was like four different white guys, and they were talking about, oh, well, you know, if everybody just didn't go to work for one day, blah, 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 which is totally true. Like, if everybody did not go to work for one day, sure, of course, that's going to mess some stuff up within capitalism. Think about the the freaking uh, pandemic that happened. But here's the thing. Here, here's what I noticed with that that type of, like, revolutionary talk is that – they never, ever, ever have any type of way on how to organize or how to put people together. Or And, and most of the time, they're the ones that are on freaking Twitter that uh, wants to talk about how black issues aren't a thing and the black and white class should always unite. So it's just like, like they can have that talk all they want, but to me, I feel like it's just talk. It's, it's what do you call it, like a role play? It's like a role play type of situation where it doesn't even, like there's no type of substance to it. I agree. Yeah, like they're LARPing, yeah. Of course. What do you think, Kevin? Um, <clears throat> my, my biggest issue with all these calls to revolution, and I think we talked about this before, um revolutions mean a very specific thing and I, the one thing that i didn't like about that post is that she was downing people doing you know asking or having mutual aids or people mm-hmm. using their cash apps or whatever to help them out with something and right it's like people die in revolutions like i don't know mm-hmm. like that's the <laughs> That's right. the end that's, res- the point. that's right. That's not even the end result. Right. That is right. what you're going to get mm-hmm. when you try to topple down. So like I get it everybody's like yeah fuck yeah fight the power fight the man but it's like we also need to understand who the state is, who we are mm-hmm. fucking with. Mm-hmm. And the state is the kind of government that will shoot out eyeballs for peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. That means you didn't do anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? They shot people's eyeballs out last summer. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to shoot some eyeballs out this summer. And this is just without the revolution. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of these, I get it. It's, I, sometimes I don't want to be ageist, but I do attribute it to like youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a reason why so many young people are used to fight wars. Um so I know that there's like this, fuck yeah, let's knock this out. Let's do this. I have the energy. I want to do this mm-hmm. kind of feeling that comes behind this stuff. But we don't, we are not really assessing what has happened already. Like I'm, I'm sure the, the people in the street medics and the protesters and the Antifas, they're practicing because they've been doing this for about you know four or five years of fighting these people. But for the most part, most leftists are not trained in what that revolution would actually look like. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the level of sacrifice that is going to be required. Like we're just not like right. people are going to be hungry. You know, there's a reason why they say do mutual aid in addition to this revolution because the state is going to cut you off from everything. Right. So we have to, at the very least know that we can take care of each other when the state is not there for us anymore. Right. And you need mutual aids to do that. The very thing that that person was demeaning is the bedrock of how you can even have a revolution in the first place. So we're not talking like we want to talk about tearing down the state, but we do not want to have a legitimate conversation about Okay, what does it look like when they turn off our water? Right. What does it look like when they fire us? What does it look like when they when they put us on lists? When it cons- when they conscribe us? If they kid like these are these are all things that the state has done already with revolutions. It doesn't make sense to not even anticipate that. So it's like, do you really want a revolution or are you just- right? And um. Okay, so that's going to bring me to that conversation about the gardening and the guns thing that happened on Twitter. But before I get to that, another thing is this. Something I'm thinking about, again, to the point that most folks don't know what communism is. If we started arming ourselves and saying we about to fight, how many people that we know would actually think that we're the enemy and what we're doing is disruptive and we tearing up our own community? Like, if, if we were to organize something in Memphis... 
And we got a group of like 200 people that was like, we finna go, we finna, you know, have a revolution. We finna go to the, the mayor's place. We finna, you know, do some things. How many people in our own community would think that we're the bad people because we haven't done any organizing or reaching out and not enough people even know what it is that we want to do? Like, yeah. Y'all are saying revolution, yeah. and they're gonna be y'all own folks gonna be trying to shoot y'all because they thinking that y'all are the, the ones that's you know trying to hurt them. You see what I'm saying? And, yeah. People yeah. that were snitching, like we were cheering, snitching on their families during the insurrection. We're like, oh yeah, call the cops on them. Call yeah, let's get this person. Let's oh, I can't believe this daughter, you know, ratted out her mom. It's like all right, right. It's on the other side, but understand that the, the state has a vested interest in making the media turn you into exactly. the bad guys. So you're the same thing that them crazy right-wing extremists were experiencing with their family narking on them will be what you have. Exactly. Without education, without reaching out, and without getting up in the community so that when something does pop off... Your people in your community, your neighborhood will already know, oh, these are good people. These are people that are doing something good. You may actually get recruits, people that want to help. But like you said, I think it's like a little fantasy thing. You know what I'm saying? There's so much that goes into it. There was a conversation about this this black non-binary person. All they said was, if we learn how to garden or farm, and we started stocking up guns... I'm guessing implying learning how to shoot them, take care of them, or whatever. We would be unstoppable. That's all they said. Simple. We need to learn how to grow food. We need to learn how to use guns. I would think that everybody and their mama on the leftist side would think that that's a good idea. These are important things. Tell me why all these white folks. What's the what's the the girl you got into it with the butch anarchist? Butch anarchist yes. started saying, "Well, actually, we need nuance to this." And well, you know, everybody can't have like duh. But like y'all are talking about revolution. Somebody is saying something that should be like bare minimum, not even an, an analysis. Like a duh. And all these white people that quote unquote want the revolution are trying to argue about. Why that's not important now? What's that about, KT? You're you're a white person. Tell me why. Uh, because they, because it doesn't hurt them. Uh, when I say that, I mean like, okay, so whenever whenever all these white leftists are larping and they're doing their their role play as a communist and they want to do revolutionary tasks and stuff like that. Like you guys were talking about, whenever a re- revolution comes, people are going to die, right? Mm-hmm. They think they're not going to die. They think that they're the ones that's not going to be harmed. They think that they already know how to farm. They think that they know everything, essentially. So with that being said, I feel like white people, we probably... to I don't know why they might do it, but I know like... White people, period, they feel like they know everything. Then um, I feel like that that kind of like hurt their ego a little bit. Does that make sense? I think so. What, what do you think was the point of like the people saying, well, you know, I don't think that that's uh, safe for everybody. You know, some of us can't have guns and stuff like that. Like what was the point of them bringing all that? Well, you have to be nuanced because some White people's sensibilities. That's what it is. Okay. You're not being sensitive enough you don't respect my yeah, white sensibilities because yeah. only white people give a shit about that shit man they, they're Literally. the only ones because i guarantee you they meant well some of us have suicidal tendencies right. and we can't get a gun it's like sure yes that's obvious but like you should get help and hopefully we would have a mutual aid where we could have counselors for you mm-hmm. but those who can pick up a gun should we should all know how to protect ourselves there's no one's no one sitting here trying to like figure out a, a how to do on you know offing yourself. That's not what we're asking right. for. I get that that's right. what your where your head is at for whatever reason. Go please talk better help. Right. But right. we can't derail our conversation because a couple of you have an itchy trigger finger about yourself. Like we can't we're not having this conversation. But with white people their sensibilities have to be acknowledged mm. before anything else happens. That's, so you yeah, have to make, 
you have to make a point of being like, okay, well, you know, have that whole fucking long ass diatribe right. of, you know, let's get the pronames out. Does anybody have any triggers? Is anybody suicidal? Does anybody have allergies? How do people feel about cats? Like it's right. this whole fucking right. list that we have to knock out before we can do anything because, and, and I don't know, I fit in a lot of these marginalized spots. Mm hmm. But I guess you have to just, I feel like people should understand the conversation that they're about to engage in. Right. And that that conversation is not an individualistic one. This is not something that is directed at you. Yeah. It's a, it's a call for all of us. So that might mean that when we cross certain conversations, you might be exposed to something that might mentally trigger you. Mm -hmm. Right. But that is... That is on you to recognize, that is on you to grapple with, and that is on you to leave the conversation because you understand that the conversation isn't just about you right? or even people like you. It's about all of us. All of us. We, sh- we can't stop the conversation because you're sensitive about something. And isn't the revolution in itself triggering to everybody? Like we're talking about like killing people, like death, like starvation, pain, suffering. And that's not what they think about when they think exactly, about revolution. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's not what they see. They think it's going to look like in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle when they had like, or in Portland when they had the Chaz. Right. And it's like, you know, we play music and shit. We'll build our fucked up garden and all this other stuff and it'll be fine. Like they don't, they don't understand what the revolution is going to require. And one thing that I find interesting, and it might be weird for this, but I do take time to notice the strategies of like terrorist organizations uh-huh. because how the United States has responded to them is very, very telling. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to quote unquote dismantle the state, you are a terrorist to the state of in course. the state's yeah. mind. So to me, it only makes sense to look at what does the state do when it feels like it's being attacked by terrorists. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are not, I don't know, they're just really not all that serious about what's going to happen. And it's like, you know, the United States, it monitors people, it follows people, it will fuck up your your entire life. It can get into every section of your life, Mm -hmm. and we're not talking about that. We're not talking about what this revolution will actually do. You know, people think that all they need, even if you want to just pick up a gun, like the government that you are trying to destroy has drones right where it uses to kill people millions of miles away from where they actually are. Like this is the this is the demon that you're trying to slay here. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to have that conversation. You don't want to talk about strategies around that. You don't want to talk about, okay, maybe we need to grow our own food if they blow up our streets so we can't like there's a bunch of things that we've seen this government do and none of these white people want to talk about right they don't we i think it's important that we say like it's the fact that we don't have to acknowledge it like those are certain things that white people don't normally have to acknowledge right to us oppression is oh i'm autistic i have adhd Right. As a white person mm-hmm. or I'm queer. We don't have to think about like things where we're going to be constantly starving because we are not the majority of people who are constantly starving. We don't have to think about the uh, we'll never have health insurance because we're not the majority of people that doesn't have access to health insurance. So like those type of things that white people aren't talking about, I believe is definitely a part of like privilege. Talk about that girl who said she was scared of the police. Oh, God. Oh. Butch <laughs> anarchist. This white woman, butch white woman, okay. <laughs> a butch. She kills me yes. on Twitter. Absolutely kills me. A couple times. Because <laughs> all she does is cry about certain things. She literally posted on Twitter. She said, I am scared of the state. I'm scared of the police. I'm scared of blah, blah, blah. And all I, get, I I had to comment on it. I had to, like, quote, retreat it. And I was like, aren't you white? She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, are you okay? Like, what do you have to worry about, ma'am? Like, 
what are you even talking about? So you're telling me you're butch, so you're masculine presenting, number one. Number two, you're a white woman. What do you have to worry about in this world with the state or with the police? If you do not get out of here with that, like, it was just so annoying. I had to laugh at it because it's like you literally have nothing to worry about. You can, you, you can get on food stamps. Nobody's going to care. You could literally be un- unemployed. Nobody's going to care. You can do whatever you want you as a black white woman. You could flash your boobs in front of the cops and be okay. Like, I feel like there's, there's like, two sides up. of it. There's either, like, the people that, uh, like we said, they don't have to worry about things and so they don't care about certain things, or people that fake, like, the, this it's happening to them. Like the white lady saying you're afraid of the cops. What? Why are you afraid of the cops? Tell me why. You you can just walk down the street, do whatever, drive in the car, do what. You don't have a. There's no real threat to you. So why are you why are you even making this up? So her comment to that was that women get killed by police as well. And so my thing is, is it white women or is it black women that are being killed by the police? Yeah, give me the because stats. I need the statistic, and I looked it up. It's not white women. She has nothing to worry about. She is going to be totally fine. She can use her little white tears, and she'll be fine. I don't know what the point of her saying that. I guess she, she she said that after she got pushed back about the whole guns thing. So I yes, guess she had to, like... I think it's on my nerves anyway, because she's, like, up. Christian and, like, was saying that uh, we shouldn't be anti-Christianity because it's not all the Christians that do X, Y, and Z. It's just, like, shut up. Just shut up. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, the point of that is white folks, they, y'all kind of just, like, be quiet. <laughs> I think that's the whole point of it. Just sometimes just close your mouth. You don't have to interject yourself in every conversation, which will bring us to this little no-name thing, and then we'll get out of here. So no-name said something. Let me see if we can find a tweet. I probably can't. Let me give you a, a synopsis <laughs> of it. She pretty much said that the black proletariat and the white proletariat though they may both be working class are different because black people are seen by the state and by society as a whole as subhuman as animals as savages their labor has built this country and continues to build the country or whatever so all the white folks came up into a mansion then she had some black women that came up a little mixed girl who came up there and said something get all the retweets from the white people so my whole thing with that is just shut up that's my whole thing with that uh haven do you want to comment on that because these class reductionist white people, you can tell they ain't never read nothing by a black person in their life. They probably, the most of the interaction they've had with the black person is like a hip-hop song on the radio. And they feel like because they've maybe seen The Wire, because they maybe seen that new Snowfall show, that they have a grasp on it. And in their opinions... There are no differences between the black working class and the white working class. What would say you? I would say that they are obviously not ready to give up their whiteness. Mm -hmm. And they want to convince you that you shouldn't try to take it from them. (laughs) Yeah. That's why they're going to be buttered. I mean, that's, of course, I mean, they're, a lot of these people are white men and they don't really do any research beyond themselves. They're white men. So they have been raised in this culture that tells them that their perspective is default and correct at all times. Mm -hmm. So whatever information you want to get, make sure you get from a white dude first, because that would be the most accurate. Right. And then you can see what everybody else is fucking saying. So it's, it's that. Um, And I, personally cannot stand that shit because they're also the very same dudes that want to be the mouthpiece Mm -hmm. of whatever movement they also want to be the front and center dude um this whole situation kind of reminds me of of what kyle kalinsky said when he was trying to snipe at the cia 
um, advert mm-hmm. that's trying to like, I don't know, acknowledge that black suffering exists or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So Kyle Kalinsky in, in his effort, in his very white valiant effort <laughs> to try to shit on the CIA turns around and says that, you know, he doesn't think that working class, there's nobody in the working class that talks about gender theory. There's what? nobody in the working class that does this, not even trans people. And it's kind of like, okay, that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can tell you this as someone who, I mean, like I, as a, as a stud masculine of center lesbian has to negotiate with gender theory. I have to do that in order yeah, yeah. for me to survive in this fucked up world, you know, and especially as somebody who's come out and who came out in the nineties, like, Mm-hmm. You there was I was working with gender theory at twelve, trying to figure out is it worth it dressing the way that I want to dress, playing with my aesthetic, in a, if it means I'm going to get my ass beat. Right, that's a whole gender theory conversation right there, and I've taken that with me, and I'm a worker, so I don't know what the fuck Kyle Kalinsky is talking about, but to him and in his mind, every working class person is like the white working class, mm-hmm. where none of that other shit matters to them. None of the other shit matters. Gender, fucking feminism, anything, anything with women's rights or you know racial rights, any right. of that shit. Right. None of that shit fucking matters to them as a worker. But that's because they are still white and they are made into the default. Yeah. So of course, yeah. you know what I'm saying. But to them, it's like I, they don't understand. Like, why can't you Negroes just forget about what it feels like to be black and a worker? Obviously, it's the same as me, right? You know, you just happen to get paid less. We don't need to investigate that or anything like that. That that doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's like, you know, they're built around this bubble of ignorance. Mm-hmm. And even though they're leftists, they're still white. Yep. And they leftists the most out of anyone is going to have the hardest time leaving that fucking bubble of whiteness. Because they're the ones that have to be silent with their racist, you know, mm-hmm. relatives. Right. So they know how to, they know how to be in that bubble silently. And it's like, this is what we need to dismantle. This is what we need to get rid of is all of these white leftists who are in this bubble of whiteness and expecting the rest of us to drop all of our shit and pretend like it has no real effect mm-hmm. in what we're trying to do and us trying to prosper. That's an interesting take. I'm glad you told me that. What in the world? So, dude was saying that pretty much. No, he was, Kyle Kalinske was, like, and I'm trying to be fair to him, because he was trying to say, like, don't believe this CIA ad. They're trying to use woke, you know, because he's on the, I guess now they figured out they can make a lot of money complaining about wokeism. Right. Because all of the white leftists are tired of what they've done to wokeism. So he was trying to be like, hey, this CIA ad talking about gender theory is, you know, fake and this is an op, which is like the fact that you took the time to do that. It's like it's a CIA guy. They don't want the working class. They want a very specific the liberals that you keep telling us that we need to, like, work with. Those are who they're trying to get. But Mm -hmm. whatever. So he's doing this and he's saying, well, you know, nobody in the working class thinks about gender theory. This is not something that a normal person, that's what he said. Wow. This is not something a normal person would do. And it's like, except for the fact that we have working class trans people, working class non-binary people and black people and everybody in between and all right. of these intersections. All of us have to, hand, like we have to understand these concepts. He said it, it was like, it's only seen in like leftist academia. That's the only time you'll ever see these. See, here's my thing. Why are these leftists playing into this Republican narrative? That's my thing. My thing is, like, they spend so much time. Exactly. They spend so much time using the phrases, the snowflakes and the triggered and the identity politics and the cancel culture. You play into it. So then it just becomes like a full circle thing where you're invalidating, you're validating, legitimizing the re- the Republican rhetoric. Yeah, yeah, you're making it real the right. way that you think right. that because because they also think being woke was ridiculous, right? But right. they they took it 
and bastardized it into this thing. And because they won't shut up about it, now it's real. <laughs> now we have to address it. Now we have, like, you just created this fucking bullshit. Meanwhile, the people who actually created that term, the people who are actually having these conversations because it's our life and we have to deal with it, we get back to being ignored. Exactly. And going back to the fucking lab to figure out another word we can use because it won't rile up the crazy fucking white people who want to gentrify even our struggle, apparently. Here's my thing. Does anybody know the history of how the white folks even got that word? Because at first it was just like an Aunt Hotep word. And then, like, black folks start to use it, like, unironically, you know, be woke, stay woke or whatever. How did the white folks find it and then turn it into their own thing? I told you the first time I ever heard that word, like, outside of you, was uh, on MTV. MTV. Oh, uh, Francesca? Yes. Rams Is Ramsey her last name? No, I know you're talking about though. Francesca. Yes, I heard it on MTV from her little, like, whatever she was doing with MTV before. But that was, like, the only other time outside of you. And then from there, I feel like after, like, a year or further, like, it just got bigger and bigger. And huh. white people knew about it. Interesting. Um, okay, I, get, I have a hypothesis. Uh, let me know what y'all think. I think that that CIA ad was a planned uh, attack in some way. Not an attack necessarily, but just a way to create some more riffs. I feel like they've been scouring the internet. It, like you said, the, the ad seemed AI generated with yeah. the words. And I feel like they were just like, well, this is something else we can do to cause some division amongst the people. Because it's something like, it's like we're all fighting over something that shouldn't even be acknowledged. It's a CIA tool of propaganda. It's trash from the jump. But now it's become this, it's turned into this whole racist thing, this whole uh, transphobic, homophobic type thing where we're having to defend ourselves and our identity and our uh living lit lives because now it's become like well y'all too concerned about this and like you said nobody cares about gender thing nobody cares about racism nobody cares you know and it's like we shouldn't even be talking about this but the cia knew what to do they study us they study trends they study everything else they knew this was a way to get us from staying on task what do y'all think Maybe it's a conspiracy. I agree. I I kind of agree with that. Like I told you originally, um, I feel like the whole thing was like extremely like fake to the point where it almost seemed like AI generated because, you know, like I've worked in tech before. And if you've ever worked with tech, you know, like a lot of stuff is like auto generated or it's automated in a way where you as a human being don't have to mess with it. And so, to me, it, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like they put all the words of the internet into uh, one one box, and they said, "Okay, make a ad out of this in regards to this." And so then the computer just spit it out. I think the cisgender millennial was what made me say, "Yeah, this don't mm. sound like a normal person wrote this," <laughs> or maybe just a white man. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a white man. Maybe it was an AI. Who knows? What were you saying, Haven? I was saying, um, in all honesty, that's how the CIA recruits, like, unironically. Uh-huh. So, to me, it's like the CIA was just doing what it's doing, which is reaching out to the suburban liberals that they're trying to reach out to. Because mm. that's, mm. like, you have to understand, like, leftists, for one, need to understand when to when to project as if you're being attacked and when not to. Because you'll forget or you'll mess up when the state is functioning as itself and when it's actually gearing for an attack. And knowing when the difference between that those two things is important. But, like, I think the most important thing, no matter what it is, is the fact that our our media section of leftism latched onto that and wasted a week on it yeah. yet again they've done this thing like they've been doing this consistently where they the media side of it is yeah. latching on you know what i'm saying mm. outside of out like when we were on twitter it was like okay kyle Kalinsky said some fucked up shit 
that's some bullshit. And we just kept it moving. And mm-hmm. everybody else that are that's actually on the streets that I know didn't spend more than 30 seconds on that issue. Right. The right. problem is the media, the media of our leftist section of politics is they're not uh, they're not anti-capitalists. Mm-hmm. They're not socialists. These are capitalist people who just don't want to feel bad because their grandparents were racist anymore. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, they want to be able to say your pronouns and feel like they're a good person that, but they still want to do this exploitation type shit. Right. And I think that we really do as a, as, as people who want to be a part of something, we need to separate and sever ties from the media side of leftism. They are no longer one of us. They're spectators. And not only that, they're spectators who get to dictate what we talk about mm-hmm. for weeks on end. Yep. That is not. And, and they're only going to talk about the shit that their algorithm says will make them money. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, that's you a, can that's tell reason. Yeah. 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 All of them talk about the same thing in the same week all the time because they are just trying to make money off of outrage. Yeah. And yeah. That's not helpful for what we're trying to do. That's not helpful for the goals. That's not, and it's, and it's obvious that none of them want to do like, you know, actually pump and promote mutual aids. So we can't even use their platform for that shit. It's like, they're useless. So they shouldn't have a table with us. They shouldn't be sitting. We, they shouldn't be sitting with us. We should be treating them like outside journalists. Like they the fuck. Yeah. Like, I mean, the young Turks has got pushed all the way out. I feel like, but yeah, that's that's kind of how we should feel about all of them, honestly. I don't know anybody with a huge platform or even a mid-sized platform where I'm like, okay, well they're doing they're doing good. I see they're using their money to actually help the community. We talked about this. These people are making bank, and I didn't know that. But I'm like, how are you making bank, and your community is still, you know? struggling are you doing mutual aid are you contributing to the community like are you just sitting here and collecting the dough like contrapoint yeah like all of them i mean you name name Boss. name a white just name a white person um, <laughs> so uh, i wanted to end this on so we were talking about you know more practical things that we can do as far as educating the masses or even getting prepared for say revolution um so if if everybody can come up with like one thing that we can say is, uh, you know, something good that you need to do or educate yourself on to prepare yourself for the revolution. Practical things. If you can, I'll give you a minute, KT, because I see you making a face. So for me, I think since I'm gr- good into and really big into gardening and growing my own food. I ain't going to steal my thing. Because I'm that. the gardener. I was going to say that. I say... That this is a very important skill to to learn and to know, and once you kind of get into it, you know it's it's not that bad if you ask me. I think learning to garden, learning to grow your own food. Obviously, you're not gonna be able to feed yourself doing it basic little small thing, but start there. Learning how to till the land, learning how to grow different things, not just food, plants, flowers, herbs, and stuff like that. I feel like that is a great start. And teaching that to your community as well as, well as teaching, you know, uh, other anti-communists. Um, well, for me personally, I have this little project that I'm trying to build up where I, I do a summer movie night with my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, the neighborhood I live in, it's, it was predominantly black, predominantly black um, for, for many, many years. But now it's slowly gentrifying. Mm-hmm. I am, if I'm honest, part of that wave. Uh-huh. Um, even though, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a gentrifier because I'm just like a black lesbian that needs to buy a house. But, you know, that's up in the air. But anyway, so I want to contribute to the neighborhood. And I noticed that there's no real after school summer thing that's happening in the neighborhood at all. Yeah. Um, so I want to do a movie in the park event that would be completely free yeah it'll be completely free it'll be family friendly three movies um g pg pg 13 at the end of the night um and it's you know byo food um and all other stuff um and that's what i want to do yeah Yeah. and it's so 
connect with the community uh-huh. because I, I've noticed that the gentrified neighborhoods are very much cut off and separate from the rest of the neighborhood that's right. been here for right. decades. So creating an opportunity for the community to become a community. Right. If right. that makes sense, it's yeah. probably like yeah. a thing. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, so uh, Gabby and I decided that there's this little park by my house. Um, like, it's really, really tiny. But there's a lot of, like, older people there, older black people there who just go out there and hang out most of the time. Uh, there is also a lot of homeless people in my area, like, a whole lot of homeless people in my area. Um, and so what we were going to do or what we would like to start to do, uh, is maybe like have a little cookout or something out there, uh, and provide free food at the little park and provide, uh, books even like leftist books maybe or whatever we need or they need really, um, out there at that little park. So yeah, that's kind of what we would like to do. That's a good idea. See there, Tracy. That's, that's important. Both you and Haven, building community cohesion so that you can, you know, first of all, get everybody to realize we're in this together. We're a community. And then when you start to pop in that little propaganda, it'll be easier. The propaganda part. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you again, Haven, for coming on. We always enjoy you on the show. Do um, you want to uh, advertise any links, websites, anything? Social media. Yes. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Haven the Haitian. Um, where it counts is my YouTube channel. That's kind of on hiatus right now. But if you want to just follow until I figure out what I'm doing with myself, that would be <laughs> nice. Um, and stay tuned for a Kickstarter because I am serious about writing a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's queer as fuck. It has a lot of fantasy. It's set in the 1940s. Um, and there's a lot of violence and shit. Yes. Um, the best. Yes. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> sex and violence. So, that's that Kickstarter is going to uh, pop up soon. So, follow me on Twitter um, so that you can get the latest and all that good stuff. But yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. You know, you can hit us up at building our PWR. Hit KT up at KT underscore does art. And hit me up at Gabby's Music. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to this episode. Make sure you share it and like it with a friend. And we're out.